as we begin this morning, I want you to look at the person next to you and say, I am awesome. And then look at him and say, you too. Guys, I, 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 I think this is so important. I really do. It's funny, but it's not funny. You were created in the image of Almighty God. You were created in the molly grubs of man. You were created in negativity. You were created in, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? You were created to be griping and gossiping and stuff. You were created to walk and talk and think and live in the almighty image of God. So instead of walking around like this, unless you got a physical problem, raise your step, man, and bow your chest. You were created in the image of God. You were created in the image of God. Thank you. Those that are around me know that if you don't say amen loud enough, I'll just keep saying it. Because I want you to get it. I don't want you to go out of here and think, oh my goodness, the federal government in our country is out of control. It is out of control, but that ain't got nothing to do with you. You have every right to get off that stinking train and say, I am a man or woman of God. I am a child of the almighty king creator of the universe. Do you get that? Do you believe that? Do you live that? You see, this world ain't looking for church. Don't tell everybody I said this, but church is boring. But Jesus ain't. You hear me? Church can't transform you. Church can't give you life. Church can't give you squat. But Jesus can pour into you everything you need to restore you back to that image. And it might actually put a smile on your face. I know it's church, we're not supposed to smile because we're supposed to sit there and be boring, but let's go ahead and smile. You know, when we go out of here, you have to understand, they're watching. They're pleading. They're begging for somebody to show them what really counts, how to really live, how to really love. Innately, that's who they want to be. The problem is, too many church people, we're not showing them that. We're going out and talking about, we didn't like the preacher's sermon. To that I say, get saved. No, I'm serious. God has something so awesome and powerful for your life. I don't care what situation you're in. I don't care your circumstances. I care. But I want you to understand, it's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with the fact that our Jesus came and lived and died and rose again and sent his Holy Spirit to set us free to be who we were created to be. 
And I've just asked you from the beginning this morning, have you let him do that? Have you let him do that? Are you just still stuck in religion? Still stuck in church? Still stuck in, oh my goodness, I can't do this and I can't do that. And, and oh, you know, we've got to be very, very careful that our resource is never anything but the love and grace and power of Jesus Christ. You understand what I'm saying? Is everybody with me? Does anybody still love me? I, if, you, if you have your notes this morning, I, I want you to read. And, and I want to do a lot of teaching before I actually get to the Scripture. Because I want to make sure the Scripture could be very entangling and, and, and very kind of, whoa, what's this all about? But I want you to read the very top of those notes if you have them. It says, living by the power of God's Holy Spirit and, and in our lives, bearing the fruit of God, bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Bearing the fruit of God's Holy Spirit. And you all know what that is in Galatians chapter, um, somebody help me, five, right? I don't know why I forgot that number. I know, I thought I was a pastor. I went to cemetery and everything. But the fruit of God's Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Could you imagine if we went out and lived the fruit of God's Holy Spirit at work? Could you imagine if in our neighborhoods we went out and lived the fruit of God's Holy Spirit to some of our neighbors that are just grumpier than anything in the world? That's what they're looking for. That's why they're grumpy. Amen? But the fruit of God, but it cannot be attained. And this is what the Scripture's saying. By our own human religious design. Guys, let me tell you what I fear greatly. Is that we have dumbed down the standard and call of Jesus Christ so much that we're not even sure what Jesus was about. Because what we've done is we've designed it so that we attend church once a week. We're not too bad a people. We do a few good things and we're good and we're in. In that, church, we have missed the gospel. We have missed the word and will of God. God has something so awesome and powerful for you, but you can't get there by your own dictates and design. You cannot drive and define yourself to the holiness of God. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? And you've got to be careful. You know, when you were young, your mama told you, you are who you hang with. Did your mama ever tell you that? You know, I was like, well, if they all jumped off the George Washington Bridge, mama, I don't even know where the George Washington Bridge is. <laughs> but you've got to watch who you hang with. Because if you hang with mediocrity, Before long, mediocrity in Christ is okay. Let that stew for a second. Are you with me? We've got to be very, very careful who we hang with and realize that some of those people you think are nuts ain't. 
but it cannot be attained by our human religious design, which is something we do. But it is achieved by dying to the law. Let me say one other thing I wrote after that. Man will never drive and define himself to the glory of God, God's original design or his image. We just don't have the ability to do that. Now, I want you to take you back just for a minute to Genesis 1 and 2. If you want to memorize scripture, memorize Genesis 1 and 2. I preach on this a lot, and people probably get tired of me preaching on it. That's tough. As soon as you get it, I won't need to preach on it anymore. All right? But Genesis 1 and 2 says that you were created as the zenith or the utopia of God's creation. You were created in the image, not of your mama, but of God Almighty. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I wish I had a few hours just to talk about that. Because that's powerful. And that's almighty. And man, that is just where we really are designed and desired to live as human beings. So very, very, very important, okay? We were created, listen to this. We weren't created to be under all this trash in this world. We were created to rule and subdue the world God placed us in. Are you with me? I hear so many people, well, there's nothing I can do about it. That's because you really don't understand who you are in Christ. Amen. I hear this a lot, folks. And these are supposedly Christian people. And I know I'm not nice and I'm not kind and all that kind of junk. But I am kind, actually. The bottom line is, you don't have to live under anything or anyone. The only person you need to live under is Jesus Christ, who loves you, always has, and always will. That's where you need to live. That's where you need your your power. That's where you, that's where, that's, that's exactly what's important. I keep coming back to that. And I'm going to be honest, this, this passage has been hard to kind of put all together. But I think you'll understand where I'm going by the time I get done. And hopefully that'll be before 1 o'clock. But you were created awesome. You were created in that image. You were created to rule and subdue. You were created to be fruitful and multiply. Fruitful and multiply what? The image of God. Are you with me? Okay. Very, very important. Let me ask you a question. Are you fruitful? Not here. Everybody comes to church, puts on a face, and we're all fruitful here. But out there in the real world, are we fruitful there? Are we planting seeds there? Are we planting seeds when the opportunity comes? Are we nurturing those, that, that ground and those seeds? Are we fruitful? Are we multiplying out there where it really counts? And let me look you in the eye and tell you something. You can. You were created to cultivate the world God placed you in, no matter how many nuts are in it. Every one of you. You weren't created to go home and go, oh, this place stinks. I hate it. I wish I had another spouse. I wish I had another family. I wish I had another life. I wish I had another neighborhood. I wish I had another circumstance. 
You were placed there for a reason. Instead of whining about it, step up by the power of God and transform it. That's who you are. That's who you are. Now you could sit there and whine and gripe or you could say, okay, God, I don't know how we're going to do this, but we're going to do this. Amen? Everybody that's in your world is in your world. And you are responsible for every one of them. Amen? You're with me? And we were created to love, man. We weren't created to brotherly love. We were created to love. That love at the end of Genesis 2 is just awesome. It's powerful. Bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. And I'm with you. And when you're hurting, I'm hurting. And when you're down, I'm down. And we're going to lift each other up. Man, that's the kind of love we need to live. Amen? Not just this, oh, well, you know, he didn't speak to me right. So I'm going to quit that. God wants to pour into you and your heart and your life a love that transforms you. And when it transforms you, it transforms everybody around you. Amen? Are you with me? But then came sin. We've got to get to that. When sin came into the world, it jammed every one of us Whereas at one time we had this oneness and this unity and didn't have all these secret agendas and all this junk, all of a sudden we're hiding in a bush thinking somehow we're going to hide from God. That in itself is an hilarious thought. Then we think we're the only one going through this stuff. We isolate ourselves. And then what we do is instead of taking personal responsibility... We blame everybody else but ourselves. Here's the thing you have to understand. We were created for this awesome image. Instead, we get this weak, little, scared, isolated, blaming person. And that's not who you were created to be. But you were born in that. I want you to get that. Genesis 5, 3 and Romans 5, 12 and following says that you are born in sin. You are born in selfishness. Are you with me? Okay, that's who we were born. But let me just throw this parenthetical statement in. But that's why Jesus came, lived, died and rose again so you don't have to live in the mess You were born in. Amen? You see, we've got to get this. We've got to understand this. Because we're failing the world. We We were saved so we could be sent out and transformed a crazy world. Instead, what's happening is, the problem is, there ain't a whole lot of difference between us and them. We just go to church. But so does the devil. Are you with me? You got to understand, you've got to remember, a lot of people have made this, well, everybody sins and thought, word and deed every day, so sin's no big deal, just go ahead and sin. I want you to understand, in Genesis 2 and, Gen- and Romans chapter 6, it says the wages of sin is death. Here's the problem. We've all sinned and, 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 we've all, and we all fall short of the glory of God. Okay? I want you to get the first part. We've all sinned. 
So don't think you're the only one that sin. Or you have a specific sin that nobody else does. But I do want you to get the last part. And that is we all fall short of the glory of God. And the definition of sin is missing the mark that God has for your life. Here's the problem. We all do. Folks, you are never going to get good enough. You are never going to get nice enough that you don't need the saving blood and the glory of Jesus Christ. The greatest act of righteousness you could ever do falls fall short. And the Old Testament tells us it is nothing but filthy rags next to the holy standard of God. So if you ever start to begin to define yourself in I'm okay because I go to church and I don't do too many bad things and I don't kick the dog and I do a, a few good things, I want you to understand, you've totally missed it. You've totally missed the power of God. You've totally missed the saving grace of God. You've totally missed what Jesus came to do for you and sent to you through his Holy Spirit. Okay? Are you with me? So there's sin. Sin is anything outside of the perfect will of God. Are you with me? But then there's the law. Okay? And I'm bringing these things up because I want you to get it before we read the Scripture, believe it or not. Okay? The law is God's guide to lead us back to the holiness God created us in. It first came in Exodus 20 with a a man named Moses who brought it down out of the mountain. (laughs) The funny part about that is he came down and he was up there too long, so they made themselves another God. Aren't you so thankful we never do that sort of thing? Huh? You know? Then you bring it up to Jesus in what we call the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus took all of those laws and put them on steroids. And basically what he showed us was, there ain't no way we're going to accomplish these laws. In the Old Testament, what they did was they they decided, okay, the Ten ten Commandments wasn't enough, so they made hundreds of other rules. Aren't you so thankful that we never do that? That's a joke. I grew up, oh my goodness, I grew up in such a way. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Excuse me, I'm going to take a swig. I don't know about y'all, but I grew up in a church that there were rules on top of rules. I mean, when I was a teenager, I started asking people, what exactly can I do? I wasn't allowed to go nowhere. I wasn't allowed to do anything. It was, I was like, this is stinking gross. And yet I saw the people 
And they didn't go to those places. And they did most of those things that you were supposed to do, like be here every time the doors were open. But can I tell you the truth? Some of those were the nastiest people I have ever met in my life. They really were. I mean, they were cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, Jack. I mean, it was, it was, it was really a mess. But they had the rules down. The funny thing, I, I'll give you an example of the things I thought was funny. Now, you weren't allowed to smoke. Now, if you're a smoker, I'm not preaching at you, I'm, you know. But, but you weren't allowed to smoke, okay? Because you weren't allowed to hurt the temple of God. Okay. All right. What about them 45 pieces of fried chicken you had for lunch? My problem is, and my parents walked on eggshells all the time because they knew I was going to ask those kind of crazy questions. And I did. I'm like, I'm sorry. This, full, this church is full of gossips and slanderers, and they will eat the preacher alive, they'll eat each other alive. Why is that not in the rules? Here's the problem. The rules became, the law became their resource. And the laws that they made up were laws that they could do. But I want you to recognize something. The holy law of God is something we can't do. Only he can do in us, through us, and for us. Are you with me? Is everybody with me? You understand where I'm going with all of this? Now, there's another word that we've got to hit, and, and that is death. It's not a subject everybody likes to talk about, but it's a subject that if you want to get to that awesome that we talked about at the beginning, It's something you've got to allow God to do in you and for you. You need to, you know, if I think of, you know, we're born in sin, the wages of sin is death. I'm thinking, man, I don't want to go this route. I want to go that route. But the problem is, the way God set it up, the only way to get to this is to die like and with him. That old mess, that old selfishness, that old man, whatever you want to call it, that has driven you and defined you for too long, has got to die. And kids, if you're still in the bully grub spiritually, and you're not doing the will of God, and you're not excited about what God's doing in you and through you, You're still living under the law. You're still living under the dominion of the old man. But Jesus Christ can raise you up. But kids, you need to ask yourself, has he done it? Has he actually done it? Anybody could say he's done it here. But when you're out there and you go out there and all of a sudden you go to the mailbox and there's 22 bills, has he done it? When that person at work is a jerk because that's who they are, 
I'm going to ask you this. Has he done it? Has he freed you? Has he set you free to live in the fruit of God's Holy Spirit? To bear the fruit of God in your life? Or are you still stuck? You see, I want you to understand, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what your life circumstances are. Jesus Christ can set you free to live the fruit of God. He can set you free to live in the image of Almighty God. Hallelujah. 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 But we've got to ask ourselves, has he done it? Or is that just a church facade or mask that I'm wearing when I go to church? He wants to reach down and he wants to take that garbage out of your mind and out of your heart and out of your life and out of your habits and make you that new person that you were created to be in the first place. I hope that helps a little bit as we do the scriptures. Ladies, Do you not know, brethren and sisters, sistren, <laughs> um, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. Now go back to chapter 6 of Romans. Did I tell you to turn to Romans 7? I'm sorry. Well, hurry up. <laughs> you should have known. This big fat brain of mine, you should have been able to read it. Oh, it is as fat. There's nothing actually going on there. But You go back to 6, and in chapter 6 of Romans, it talks about the fact that you and I can die with Jesus Christ through baptism. And we're not talking there about water baptism. We're talking about the baptism of God's Holy Spirit. Remember John the Baptist said, I baptize with water. There's coming one who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And what happens is, when we are baptized in God's Holy Spirit, it begins to burn out the junk that really doesn't belong in my mind and my heart and my life. Are you listening? If there's stuff that doesn't belong, let God burn that out. Let God crucify that. Let God deal with what you and I, I'm sorry, friends, You and I are not smart enough. We are not strong enough. We are not good enough. We have no ability to to deal with the domination or the law. You see, if you go to Romans chapter 8, verse 2, which we'll be be at in a couple months, the bottom, if you go to there, it talks about the fact that that sin is a law. We are born under this law of sin and death. And the only way to get out from under that is to die i.e. I am crucified with Christ, it is no longer me or I. Now it is Jesus Christ who I live with and for and in and hallelujah. And I do want to, I want you to ask yourself this afternoon, have I allowed this to take place? 
Or am I still living under the law? Verse 2. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as um, he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. Verse 3. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man, while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, now ladies, don't get any, don't get any idea. <laughs> but, if, but if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is, in an is, is not an adulteress if she marries another man. Verse 4. So my brothers and sisters, you also die to the law through the body of Jesus Christ that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear the fruit of God. Leave that up there. That's where we're going to stop today, girls. Just leave that up there. Thank you. Folks, this is how God's people live. Here's the great fear I have in the church. We make up our own standard. We make up our own rules. We make up our own definition of love. We make up our own definition of holiness. We make up our own definition of whatever comes along. And here's the thing I found. We always make it up in a way that's comfortable to us. And God's saying, no. I don't want your standard. I don't want your idea and understanding of holiness to be something you can do or is comfortable to you. My standard of holiness... My standard of love, my standard of joy, my standard of righteousness, my standard of my word never changes. So when I call you to live in the image of God, and I come, and I die, and I rise again, and I send the person of my Holy Spirit I want you to understand, I've made all provision necessary for you to be transformed to that standard, to live in that love, to live in that holiness, to live in that righteousness, if you will only release yourself from your own definition of religion or your own definition of Christianity and actually live in the footsteps of my son, who I sent to set a perfect example for you. Let me ask you this morning. What standard are you living? Whose standard are you living? Are you actually walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ by the power of the person of God's Holy Spirit? Or are you just comfortable because there are other people around you that are worse? 
Are you living in the love of God? Or are you just living in something that you kind of mix in with, with the society called the church? Are you comfortable with who you are because it's some that, that some church or some man or something has made up? Or are you saying, you know what? I'm not going to be bound. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on the holiness and the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be set free from this. Are you dead? So that you can live? Or are you just dead? It's all there for you. Everything you need, Jesus has already accomplished. Everything you need, Jesus has already offered you. Everything you need to be set free and be that man or woman he created you to be, he's already done, he's already accomplished, he's already given you in the gift of his grace. And the bottom line is this morning, you don't have to walk out of here wondering that's, if that's who you're going to be or if that's how you're going to live. You absolutely can walk out of here knowing. I have released myself into the mighty hands of God. I have been set free from all this junk, whether it be religion or whether it be the junk of sin. I have been set free so that I can become that man and I can do exactly what God created me to do and I can be the man or woman God created me to be. Are you that man or woman? Are you living as that man or woman? You can go to church every Sunday and still not be that man or woman. You can give money and still not be that man or woman. You could do all the right things so everybody thinks you're okay and still not be that man or woman. But I want you to understand, God absolutely can take you through the process of death with him and bring newness of life to your life. He can take you through the process of death with him and raise you in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. He can set you free. You can be a man or woman who walks out of here and says, I will live the fruit of God's Holy Spirit every moment of my life. 